Interest in good music is more widespread today than ever before. Radio programs featuring classical numbers are among the most popular on the air, while phonograph records of great singers and symphony orchestras outsell even those of popular dance bands. We are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. Welcome to another episode of the Music Memory Podcast. And today, I've got a special guest with me tonight. It is my good buddy, Paul Tesner. How's it going, Paul? It's going good. It's wicked late here, but for some reason, I had everybody up I could to talk to. So, uh, you and I are podcasting. Yeah, man. We, it hasn't been. It, it's been a while since me and you have actually kind of been behind these microphones talking to each other. Yeah, we we touched base. Quickly on, uh, it was either the day before Halloween or on Halloween. Uh-huh. I don't remember now. Yeah, we, that's the last time we talked. Yeah, we we've been talking uh, here and there periodically and stuff like that. So I think we talk more on Twitter than anything else. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so um, I have you on the show because the first time that we ever met. I mean, we've never met in person, but uh, ever the first time that we ever talked was we kind of bonded over music and. And you had a lot of the same kind of tastes that I did uh, back in the day. You liked a lot of the the underground hip hop and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I was just like, dude, this guy's freaking cool, dude. He he likes this kind of stuff. Like I threw out some names, and you were like, yeah, I, I know the, those guys. And I was like, I've never met anybody who knew these people. So I was like, this guy's cool in my book. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you the first question that I ask uh, any guest that I have on the show is. Do you have a, a memory like like do you have a memory of your very first show that you ever had gone to? Yeah, it was funny. So my musical tastes now or my musical tastes are like really formed into what became now uh, are very different than what uh, what I was listening to or what I was going to see when I first was getting into music. OK, so my earliest shows were I went to see. Uh, Dream Theater, which uh, I don't know if you know Dream Theater, but they're no, like a they're like a prog rock, um, like okay. uh, operatic kind of you know rock band. Um, if people know Dream Theater, they know Dream Theater, and I guarantee <laughs> you, anybody who's like, oh, I had Dream Theater, they're way beyond me because I dug them for a while when I was in high school. Uh-huh. A friend of mine was the one that uh, wanted to go to the show and took me to the show, and it was an awesome show. This dude who um, who played drums for them had the most insane drum set you would ever see. Like, That's I awesome. Mean, massive, massive drum set. Uh, but it was a, it was a great show. Um, I actually really should go check out the album that was the uh-huh. one that was like their you know new music at the time. It was a very thematic album. Um, aside you, from that, I went. Do you remember to, the name? I don't. I you know I'll try to look it up while we talk, but. Okay. Uh, Aside from that, I went to uh, I was living in Arizona at the time, which is where you live, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I went to uh, KFMA Day. So KFMA was uh, an indie rock like station there. OK. And uh, that must have been back in the day because I went because when I moved out here, they didn't have anything like that. <laughs> they had I mean, there oh, was, yeah. 
There was one. And it, I mean, this was in Tucson. I don't know where exactly. Where, where do you live? I'm at, I actually live in Mesa, which is like like a couple hours away from there. Okay, yeah, I lived in Tucson. KFMA was like the radio station. Okay. It was all the like the you know the Sweet. the indie rock stuff, and yeah. and uh, that's where I learned about um, Goldfinger and uh, like all this different stuff. Oh yeah. But they had a, yeah. a concert KFMA day that was you know obviously put on by them. Um, it was a big outdoor festival concert. So I was in high school at the time, and I had the flu like crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> I had like 102 degree fever before the day before the concert. Oh, but I, it's got to be rough. Somehow I got my parents to let me go to it anyways. I was so sick, I actually called them to come and get me because I was just too <laughs> sick to stick it out. But I saw, um, let's see, Kitty performed, Long Beach Sub All-Stars <laughs> performed. Um, I know that the headliners were, uh, let's see if I can remember, um, Cypress Hill, I know is one of them, uh, okay, cool. Everclear, uh, it was an interesting show, especially when I saw whoever the hell opened and then Kitty <laughs> performed. And as soon oh, yeah. as they hit the first chord, I was surrounded by a mosh pit oh, man. while like having a massive high fever and not knowing what the hell to do with myself. <laughs> That's a, a heck of an experience. I quickly lost my friends that I went there with. And I was I was so sick. I just I called my parents and said, I really am too sick to be here. They came and got me, but I still stuck it out through the like I really wanted to see Goldfinger and Long Beach of All Stars. Was it was it an indoor show or an outdoor show? Oh, it was outdoor. Yeah, a lot of shows out here. The line for the water booth was absurd. Oh man, and you're the sick? line for the freaking hose was oh, a lot man. shorter. There was a the hose. hose. <laughs> 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 That's funny, man. <laughs> like here, was, here you cool off, <laughs> drink some but water. But so. Uh, <laughs> After that, so that was uh, like junior year of high school. Then I moved back to California, which is where I grew up. Uh, Antelope Valley, little little area. You don't expect much there. But in Antelope Valley, I saw uh, uh-huh. the Aquabats, which was an awesome show. Cool. I've never saw, seen the Aquabats. It was it was a really cool show. They like the the stage show was great, and this was in the uh-huh. smallest freaking venue you can imagine. Oh yeah, it was just like it was ridiculous. And it was an awesome show. I saw um, Pulley and Strung Out perform oh, together cool. at nice. a show. That was probably the best show I went to in the town that I grew up in. Uh-huh. And it, at that point, um, I, I went. So my senior year of high school, like right after graduating, I went to um, to see the the Vans Warp tour. Okay, with uh, yeah. a friend of mine in high school and her boyfriend. And that was pretty cool. The headliners were uh, Rancid and okay. Pennywise. Yeah. I didn't care a whole lot about Pennywise at the time. And Rancid was huge. Rancid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved Rancid. And Rancid, they started performing. A kid got hurt in the crowd midway oh, through man. their set. They would not perform until the kid was taken care of. Oh, wow. So basically, their their set was cut in half, basically, which, you know, like, I'm glad. Like, this is a lot that they did that. I'm yeah. glad they did that. Yeah. But still, no, the whole thing kind of sucked that people couldn't be cooler quicker and take care of the kid that got hurt, you know. But yeah, yeah. Um, Rancid and um, and uh, Less Than Jake was the other group that I really <laughs> wanted to see. I love man, Less Than Jake. All these names, man, are just bringing all kinds of memories flooding back to me of like oh. the like the mid to late nineties, like when I was yeah. in California. I, I I remember all these bands. I mean, I, I was. Okay, let me get let me say this. I was too punk rock for some of these bands, <laughs> but they were all around. You know what I mean? Because it that's yeah. that's what it was. The Warp tour was huge. I remember that exact that the exact uh, tour 
because they would go all over the the the, the nation, right? And I I think I re- even attended that same one, but in California, in the small town where where I, where I was at. I I uh, did you say you were in California that that year too, or? Yeah, yeah, it was two thousand one. So, so where about was that? What where about in California? I think we went to it in Long yeah. Beach. Okay. Okay. So I went, I don't know, maybe it was uh, uh, the year before that. I think it was 99 that I went. I think so. I think it was 99 yeah. that I went because I, I was already. So much older. Uh, no, no. We're, you're, <laughs> we're the same age, man. <laughs> but no, in 99, I went to the Warp Tour. Um, and, and, and then I moved out here a, a year, a couple years later in 2001. But, uh, I remember, I remember uh, a show where I mean, I think Ranson freaking uh, headlined the Warp Tour like two or three years in a row, dude. They were like, they were like huge those those few years. Yeah, that's when they were huge. Yeah, they were huge. But yeah, yeah. you know, and and I dug that, and um, you know, like I, I I still go back to some of the the punk rock or ska stuff that I listen to. Oh yeah, but what I kind of realized after a little bit was that the depth of what I actually liked wasn't that great. And uh-huh. I ended up meeting uh, some different friends that were into the underground hip hop scene, like really underground stuff. And this is when the underground was really cool. thriving. And yeah. that's when I really found the music that, um, that has stuck with me since then. Mm-hmm. So like it started with the, you know, the indie stuff like Sage Francis, Buck 65, soul, um, yeah. like all these guys. And, uh, so when I when I met him, it was just totally random. Like there was this guy I went to high school with and I started working with him. I hardly knew him in high school, but I started working with him and he was like, oh, yeah, we had this one class together where we never talked. But like we became friends because of that. Yeah. And he was doing something with a collective of of uh, musicians that were like some were rappers, some were producers, different stuff. Nice. And I had another friend that uh, was really into into rap. And so I introduced them and they meshed together. And because of that, like it meshed me right in with them. And so I started doing everything with them. And I was going to see Sage Francis, Buck 65, uh, Soul, like all the Anticon guys, uh-huh. yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff I was going to. Like we we're going down to Hollywood all the time, going down to, you know, like Amoeba Music and Aaron Records. Oh, that's cool, dude. Stores and concerts. Like it was like 10, 15 bucks a pop for a concert. Yeah, that's back in the, the day, one man. one time. The one time I didn't see Sage Francis when I lived out there, uh, this one girl that like was always going to the shows gave him all crap for not just boning out like three bucks each for me to get a ticket to go to. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like we, yeah. we were going all the time. So like that's the stuff. It got me into underground hip hop and that's that cool. got me into old school hip hop. And that's just like slowly spread out in different stuff now that there's just like the artists that I've listened to since I was, you know, 15 years younger. Yeah. Um, like a lot of them don't make music anymore or hardly make music anymore. So there's not wow. as much scope of stuff to listen to. So there's a lot more digging into either the guys that I knew about, but didn't really listen to, mm. or some of the guys like Aesop rock. He's still making stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, not, not Aesop Rocky. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I tell my daughter that all the time. She's like, "Oh, I know, I know who these guys are." I was like, "No, I'm no, I'm not talking about Aesop Rocky. I'm talking about Aesop Rock, the underground yeah. hip hop guy, the good one." <laughs> hey, actually, <laughs> I wanted to tell you. Uh, um, the other day, my wife was looking flipping. I don't know what she was flipping through, but she's like, "Hey, uh, guess who's coming in, uh, here in February? Like, actually, on my birthday, February fourth." 
And I was like, who's that? She said, she's like, Atmosphere's coming. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. I've never seen them before. I've always liked their album, you know, God, uh, uh, you know, what is it? God Loves God Ugly. Loves Ugly. God Loves Ugly. And um, uh, there's a couple a couple other ones. What does the, what the one that called where he's sitting like in the laundromat? I forget what. I forget that that album's name. Um, I, th- I just it slipped my head my my my, in my I, head right now. The, the next one after God Loves Ugly, I think, was uh, When Life Gives You Lemon. You paid that shit gold. I think that's the one. Uh, I think that might be it. No, after maybe, that, I'm not I, sure. I kind of started losing them after that song. <laughs> uh, there's like, one. There's one. Uh, one song like freaking awesome. Yeah, they atmosphere like I loved atmosphere for a while. Yeah. Um, but they like they had the Lucy Ford EP, which was like a collection yeah. of different EPs they did. Uh-huh. Um, that they, had some really good stuff. And God Loves Ugly was. They just good. came out with a new album. <laughs> yeah, they they've come out with like probably <laughs> ten. <laughs> yeah, but there's one that within the last uh, couple of months though that they just came out with, so they're gonna be yeah. touring. And uh, I was actually it was like I was like, is she kind of like hinting? Is that gonna be my birthday present? Which would be freaking cool, dude, because it's in a smaller yeah. venue. And uh, so uh, it's going to be awesome. I, I I would love to go because that'd be stinking cool, dude. Um, last hip hop show that I ever that I went to was uh, Jedi Mind Tricks. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. and those guys, you know, those guys are hardcore, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I've listened to them some. I've never been to one of their shows. Dude, like they freaking kill it, dude. dude. They kill it. I went to when I lived in Cali. So I haven't actually been to concerts since I lived in Maine. I actually bought tickets to go see Sage Francis when he was uh, performing yeah. with B. Dolan as the Epic Beard Men. I think <laughs> it was like about two years ago now. And there was a blizzard the freaking day before the concert. Let alone that. Oh, man. Before, my son fell, gashed his forehead open. And we were oh, in the Oh, my goodness. So the blizzard hit. I was like, I, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I. It kills me, but I can't go do this. So I had to miss the show. Just, you know, ate yeah. the money on the ticket. And the next year, Sage is, uh, you know, tweeting about touring and stuff. I was like, hey, when are you coming to Maine? And he says, Maine doesn't support me. What? And I go, what? like, are you serious? Like, I missed the last year I could have seen Sage Francis. That's crazy. That oh, man. That stinks, Absolutely dude. killed me. I, I saw Sage Francis over 10 times when I lived in California. I literally saw him every time, but that one uh-huh. that I literally didn't have 15 bucks to pay for the damn ticket. Oh, man. That's I saw be, that sucks. He, I went to Rock the Bells, mm-hmm. where he was one of the openers opening for uh, the Wu-Tang Clan. Nice. The last time they all performed together before Old Dirty Bastard died. Dope. Uh, the crowd hated him. Absolutely hated him. And, yeah, you know, Sage my, Sage Francis is an acquired <laughs> taste. Uh, you know, he's definitely an acquired taste. If you really like Sage Francis, you really like him. Uh, but the, but I can I I can see where where there's there's he's not some people to general audience. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can understand where where people are like uh, maybe not because I think I'm one of those guys. Um, I like some of his songs. Like even on a full album, I'll pick and choose like three or four maybe songs out of out of the whole like ten or fifteen songs he's got out. And I, I mean, he's just he's just that kind of you know yeah. artist. Yeah, I, mean, I absolutely love him. Uh, Personal Journals was his first album, and when I first discovered him, one of his songs from Personal Journals was on a, a mixtape, and it is the Anticon Giga single, which has had a crap load of songs by different people. Nice and. Uh, his song and that was great. I got his personal journals and personal journals is the first album I ever remember sitting to and just absolutely just listening to. Nice. Like just 
nothing but listening to the music, you know? Uh-huh. And so I, I've been a huge fan of Sage Francis ever since then. And uh, one of his songs on um, his second studio album, mm-hmm. um, A Healthy Distress, he had a song, um, oh gosh, uh, Sea Lion. <laughs> okay. It was a single from the album, Sea Lion. And uh, Bonnie Prince Billy does the hook for it. As like His real name is Will Oldham. He's so he uh-huh. like, that's his name on it, but... I was like, gonna say, do why does that one sound familiar? It's because you've sent sent the me over a link to listen to it. Yeah, that that song is just yeah. like I don't know. I can listen to that song and not just be hooked by it. It was and pretty good. I got yeah, they, that got me into Bonnie Prince Billy and all yeah. of his other stuff. And now, um, like Sparky's a big fan of Bonnie Prince Billy. Oh yeah, so like yeah. stuff. So he got me to listen to an album, Super Wolf. This Bonnie Prince Billy and this other dude that plays guitar. That's uh-huh. so good. Yeah. I think um, I think you when you guys were like, kind of like tweeting back and forth about all that stuff. That's when I kind of got in the mix, and then you sent me a couple of different links to some of that stuff, and I was like, "Hey, this is kind of cool. Like, this is maybe yeah. something that I probably would have never like actually probably liked on my own unless somebody showed it to me, which was pretty cool because I, I I honestly don't think I would ever found it on my own. I would have never looked for something in that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, I, I don't know what you would call them, like a, a super, super like artsy. I don't know what you would call it. That. Like avant-garde hip hop. There you go. That's the word. Yeah. That's a I mean, perfect it, word. You know, that's the thing is that's the stuff that I listened to. That's the stuff that got me into it was all the avant-garde, like really experimental stuff. Yeah. And, there you go. But the thing experimental, is, that that's stuff, the word I was looking for. I don't know what, dude, I've, I've been working too late, too late today. <laughs> yeah. That's the stuff that got me into old school hip hop. Oh, nice. You know, you listen yeah. to Sage Francis and you get into him and then you go back and listen to old school stuff. And you listen to like, yeah. you know, De La Soul and oh, yeah. Planets and like Rock Him and like yeah. all this great classic <laughs> stuff. And you see the references like that's when the stuff starts to click and you you see the um, the genius of what these guys put together, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have so many popular acts. Like, I mean, who's the most popular act for the last, you know, decade plus that everybody thinks is the greatest thing in rap is uh-huh. like Eminem, right? Like, uh, yeah, every, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You know, I mean, now it's like to the point where people that, uh, that hate on Eminem because he's like, you know, done. Um, <laughs> they just get burnt to the ground because he's still like, he has so much knowledge yeah. and, like he still has the skill, you know, mm-hmm. but the thing like Eminem went super commercial. So you, yeah. all the guys that I listened to were the guys that had the love for what the source was that Eminem yeah. had, but they didn't go commercial with it all. Yeah. I, I really like a lot of Eminem's underground stuff, like his mixtape stuff and things like that. I really like all that kind of stuff. Cause he can, he it's, it's different from what his mainstream stuff is. Um, yeah, I like he I just, can't stand he, his he mainstream stuff, and he it's not because it. it's mainstream. It's like he he exhibits a lot of skill in his mainstream yeah, stuff, but the yeah. misogynism that he exhibits in there. <laughs> so this is one of the things I was talking with uh, the, this kid that I knew on on Twitter. Like uh-huh. he worked at when when he was in high school, he worked at the the sports card shop that I used to go to. Okay, and this one time we're talking about Kobe on Twitter, uh-huh. and of course, like what. Everybody does that isn't a Kobe fan. They go to the the rape allegations, right? Yeah. So he goes to that, and I'm like, how do you argue with that? Like, I'm a fan of the Lakers. I'm a fan of Kobe Bryant as a player. Like, I can't argue with this stuff. Like, you're okay. just like, you know, like ruining ruining the whole debate by bringing this stuff up. Um, mm-hmm. 
But then he he's uh, I, forget, I forget the whole context of the conversation, but he's commenting on like standing somebody, you know, oh, I'm 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 a stand for LeBron or whatever. I'm standing LeBron. What the heck is that? And I go like, wait a minute. <laughs> so so when people use the the term Stan, uh-huh. it's a reference to the Eminem song Stan. Okay. Eminem, who has super misogynistic lyrics, super misogynistic lyrics about just murdering women at times. And you're like, you're going to, so you're going to argue with me about how, how, you know, Kobe was accused of rape. Therefore, like he doesn't deserve like anything, but you're going to like, you stand like, you don't know what the hell it means, you know? (laughs) So then he was, he backpedaled like, Oh, I, if I realized I came from Eminem, I wouldn't use it. I believe him. Like he, you know, didn't realize that. But uh-huh. it just goes to show, yeah. like people will say stuff without knowing what the hell they're saying. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> it, to me, that's one of the embarrassing ones. Like, oh, uh, I stand. Him. Like, first of all, the song is like a decade old. I I didn't even know that reference, dude. To to tell you the truth, <laughs> <laughs> when you said, I was like, what the heck is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, <laughs> Yeah, to me that that goes back to like, uh, and I mean, I don't, I certainly don't know much compared to most people, yeah. uh, especially about hip hop. Like, I'm learning Same. from other people, and I'm just gracious for the things that I've learned and been exposed to. And but. I think that comes with maturity, you know what I mean? Because because yeah. back in the day when I was young and in, in high school and all that stuff, I used to think I was big and bad, and and tell everybody, oh, I, you, if you don't know about this, you're not, you're not even cool. You're a poser, or this and that. You know what I mean? But nowadays, who cares if you don't know? Yeah. It's because you don't it, know. If I don't you know, know it, I'm gonna be telling truthful with you and tell you, hey. And it I, relates I don't know. so much to the the comic community that we're in too, where people, well, I know about this, so I'm better than you. But yeah, like, I mean, you, you get a lot of that music, elitist crap. Comics like all the the gatekeeping, right? You know, yeah. where whatever like if you really care about something you want everybody to get exposed to yeah, it yeah why would you and why I would remember, you hold back like i remember when i was younger getting frustrated by people who liked you know like hip hop stuff that was really lame um but it's like whatever if it, it if they like it who cares first of all right they i like don't care it. like if you like if you like Justin Timberlake pretending he's beatboxing when he's on NSYNC, whatever, <laughs> you enjoy it. Enjoy it. You Who know? cares? Yeah. What is it? To like me? life is miserable enough to like try to stop you from enjoying something you enjoy. Right. Yeah. So just Why? enjoy it. But if, if you're like, oh, what is this thing? And you discover beatboxing and then maybe you actually discover people who are good at it and not just produce. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. um, Razel or, you know, like so many people that yeah so one of the best stage francis shows i ever went to like my i, I don't know about you, know, you man but the best beatboxer you know where he's from pentatonics no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so I'm one of the best with stage francis shows i ever went to like I, i've been to a ton of stage francis shows uh-huh. yeah like pretty much through his whole scope until you get to like copper gone. That was when I was like living in Maine and you know, I was copper way the hell out of the way of going to a concert. Um, the best show I ever went to was a show down in Newport beach buddies of mine. So these friends I was telling you about that were rappers uh-huh. and producers and stuff. They would be openers to this club. And cool. uh, we went to this one show and it was Sage Francis and MC squared. Nobody else is advertised. This freaking place, like the show would start at 10 and would go to two. Wow. Like 
at least. So like you're going four hours long. Nobody else is advertised on the show. So we go there uh-huh. and, uh, you know, they have some opening acts, whatever, like, you know, a couple opening acts that weren't, weren't really advertised too much. Mm-hmm. And that's over. And this beatboxer comes out. He's good. You know, he's like, he's beatboxing. Okay. And then suddenly like he's gone for a little bit and, uh, you hear Sage Francis starting to like, and, uh, it's, it's one of his songs. Uh, if you listen to personal journals, it's one of the songs that, um, uh, Involves beatboxing. It was the boom, boom, boom. They got me. It was the okay. boom, 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 break. And he comes out. And so as the beatboxer's going, he comes out and uh, and is is rapping over the beatboxer. And he's rapping for a while. And then the beatboxer goes for a while. And then he raps for a while. And the beatboxer goes for a while. Nice. They, they performed together for over two hours. That's dope, dude. You got to And was that like planned? Freaking $10 ticket. Yeah, I mean, it was planned. Like they were okay. planning, planning to perform together. Okay. But uh, for them to go out and That's rock so and dead. set like that, like That's over so two hours together, you know, like no or minimal instrumentals. Yeah. And That's sick, like, dude. It was something like I've never seen. And that's like something you're not going to see with a big name act because yeah. you can't really do that same thing, you know? Yeah. You can't do that. I mean, like, okay, I guess the show's pretty much over because here's, you know, Sage Francis before we saw MC Squared. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, I so let me backpedal a little bit. I was a little bit wrong, and I was telling the story because MC Squared didn't come out before Sage Francis did. Okay. Sage Francis came out, started doing his uh, spoken word that breaks down into beatboxing. Okay, wow, that's how that's cool. Started. And I, I did forget that until I started telling the story. So he's, uh, it was that, that that spoken word. It was the boom, boom, boom that got me. And then as he goes into the, the the beatbox part of it, he stops, and the beatboxing keeps going. That's awesome. And the beatboxer comes out, MC Squared. He's beatboxing. And oh my God, it was the most amazing show. It cost me like 10 or 15 bucks to go to. It was just amazing. I was just talking about that with my uh, wife the other day. That like back in the day, you can get into a show for like five, 10 bucks. And and you could have like six to 10 bands playing all in one spot. And and you come, you would be able to leave coming in and out and all that kind of stuff. And nowadays, you can you got to tickets are expensive now, man. Like uh, we just recently we we went uh, to see Silver Sun pickups the other day. And yeah, I saw you posting about that. I was curious about yeah, that. Yeah, dude, it was it was freaking cool. Um, but we we went to go see them, and oh my gosh, dude, the tickets were insane. And it was an early Christmas present uh, for for me, so. So my wife could kind of justify doing that thing kind of once a, once once in a blue moon kind of a thing. But the tickets were absolutely insane, but the show was freaking cool, dude. Um it was like one of those things where you I was like 20 feet away from the stage. Um I got to go to a, a an acoustic set um that that was free. And, and and I was like, man, we need to start doing this kind of stuff a lot more now. You know, you you have a free show pop-up shop or pop-up show you know in a in a shop and just do free stuff you who cares if it's like 10 15 minute show but give the people who aren't able to go to a show that to drop a couple hundred bucks on on a on your show that night and go have them go give them a really really cool free show they used to do that back in the day with a lot of hip-hop guys i the first time that i ever saw brother ali was in a record shop in Phoenix oh, yeah. where he just popped up out of nowhere. So they did a pop up little performance, and he just like it, it, like 
threw it out on Twitter and Facebook and, and people showed up out of nowhere. Like, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to do a quick show. You guys want to come? I'll be on in about 40 minutes. And people started showing up. It's freaking cool, dude. I dig Brother Ali. I, I didn't get into Brother Ali. I've known Brother Ali since, I mean, for probably you know over a decade. And I didn't get into Brother Ali until a few years ago. And it was kind of the right time for me to get into him. Like, he had his, his most recent album out, which there's a lot of positivity in his yeah. new album. And, uh, like, I was in a place where I needed that positivity. And yeah. I stumbled across it. And, like, first, some of his older music interested me. And then it kind of drew me into his new album. And uh, some of the songs are just amazing. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, I mean, a decade ago, I may or may not have got him. Uh-huh. But a decade later, listening to him and being able to resonate, even though, like, obviously he's talking about somewhat different things than I am. But he's still talking about being a, being a father and right, you know, yeah. having a family and stuff like that. It resonates in a very different way. And I've I've gone through plenty of tough things in the last you know yeah, yeah. five years uh or more like really i mean my son's seven since since he's been born like life has been tough in a lot of different ways that mm-hmm. i didn't know how to handle yeah being able to resonate with somebody that um has you know even if they're having different experiences but being able to see people dealing with the difficulties in life while still seeing the beauty in life yeah is very you know very good and, and I and I I say this quite a bit on this show that you know there is definitely magic in music, you know there's there's something that that kind of changes you when you listen to a a lyric or a, or a verse or or a song or an album. It, it if you're in a good mood, it, it, it can put you in a better mood. Um, you know, if you, if you're depressed, it can uplift you. It can, it can even put you into a depression sometimes, you know what I mean? But it's just, I, I, that's why one of these reasons why I started this music podcast is because music is so powerful that, that it can, it can just transform you. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't testify more to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was funny, like, I know when you started this podcast and I was always like, this sounds like the kind of thing that I should do sometime. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like it has to kind of feel right at some point or just fall into place sometime, yeah. you know? And, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I've had a lot of experiences with music. I have knowledge about certain things and whatever, but uh, it does really come down to like for me with music, like tonight, part of the reason I started just you know, messaging different people to see who wanted to talk is uh-huh. uh, I'm off tomorrow. Yeah, I've had a rough stretch of time. I was actually I worked today, but I was off the last two days. So I finally yeah. like if I had been off the last two days, I would have been healthy enough to talk to anybody today because I've, uh-huh. I've been running kind of rough. But um, it, this is kind of one of those days where I said I kind of need a some mental clearance. You know, I needed yeah. to talk to some people and just kind of clear out my thoughts a little bit. Some some podcast therapy. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't get that too often. I, I don't <laughs> podcast like I used to. I podcast yeah. periodically with uh, with Sparky when the time allows. But yeah. you know the the certain people I used to podcast with uh, didn't think that uh, keeping it going was too important. So they they moved mm-hmm. on to their own things, mm-hmm. and I found what suited me. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's like I've always kind of been looking forward to the day when we would have this moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, be able to talk about, uh, and I, I didn't know exactly what to expect. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I have a lot of history with going to see shows. Like, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I kind of glossed over going to see Pulley and Strung Out. So, like, I went to see Pulley and Strung Out. I wanted to see Pulley. I had I, uh-huh. uh, I stumbled across their album, which is just like, um, you know, the symbols you use to symbolize the swear word. Okay. Um, that was the name of their album. <laughs> <laughs> um, I stumbled across that album on, a, I think, on a, a crap, what was it called? They used to put one out all the time. Like every year they'd have a new album. It was a, just a compilation CD. Okay. Um, Punkorama. That's yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember so that. Someone yeah. across them on a Punkorama CD. And yeah. so they were performing locally, which like nobody performs in freaking Lancaster, California. But they were performing <laughs> there. They weren't even the oh, the, the the headliners. It was strung out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like I went to see them. <laughs> Lancaster. I know where that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to go there. Um, <laughs> so funny. I went to see them and Strung Out, and like I didn't know Strung Out that well, but like Strung Out has stuck with me too. And I remember Strung Out like they had their little logo, like the kind of uh-huh. atomic symbol. And uh, anybody who had that tattoo could get into their shows for free for life. Oh, their thing. that's kind of cool. Yeah, but it was cool. Like I remember like breaking in a mosh pit, and uh, before the show, there was uh, this one girl I had met. You know, it was, I mean, way, way, way before I met my wife. And uh, I met this girl just in, in college, like in one of my art classes. Uh-huh. And uh, she was at the show. And I remember like being in the mosh pit and getting knocked down. And suddenly like somebody's trying to drag me up by, by the hood of my hoodie and yeah. like strengthen me. And it's this girl that I was in class with. <laughs> <laughs> but, like that was, an, that was an awesome show. And, um, you know, the, the first couple of hip hop shows I went to were like super duper indie because they were just my friends and the people they performed with. Like nobody, anybody would know. Yeah. And um, it was like that kind of vibe, like, you know, people there to to make music and enjoy it together and kind of support each other. And, yeah. you know, it was super cool. And like, there's a lot of things I'll, I'll never forget. And one thing I look back all these years ago, you know, I'm, I'm 36 years old now. This is going back to when I was, I don't know, like 19 when I started, Okay, you know, into all this stuff. It's like almost half my life ago. Uh-huh. There are very few people from that time that are still friends. Yeah, but the, you know the people along the way I learned a lot from, and even if I'm not friends with them, I realize like I learned from them, and they certainly learned something from me. But like the few people that are friends, like you can tell like after all this time, who really matters? Mm-hmm. You know who yeah. who's there because they really cared about you all the way. But even so, like it's so easy to look back and be disappointed, or you know feel like you missed something because somebody moved on from you, and none of that stuff matters. Like yeah. You keep the friends you keep. A lot of friends you keep are just totally circumstantial. Yeah. But, you know, you get these experiences. You learn from different people. And if, like, if your goal the whole the whole way along the way is to make yourself a better person, then you get a lot out of it. Yeah. That's, you know, whether it's music or whatever else, like, that, that's what it could do for you, even if it's just, like, looking for that sense of enjoyment in life. Right. I, I definitely miss the days where – uh where you go to a show and you're like a, a, a pit, you know, it starts, starts to form. And, and and back in the day, it was really cool because you start, you get in the pit and people would fall and, you know, some random stranger that was next to you, they would grab you and pick you right up, you know. And now I don't see that happening anymore, man. There's there's quite a few times where, where um, towards the end of when I stopped going to shows like that, I started noticing people were a little bit more inconsiderate of, of each other and, and of people getting hurt and stuff like that. I mean, you're in a pit, man. 
you someone's going to get hurt uh, if you don't look out for one another. Um, so there was always there was there's always shows where you know that's where I actually uh, I actually met one of my really good friends when when a, in a, in a punk rock show where um, you know we were in the pit and we were going going crazy and you know how a pit is you you throw your arms and everything right. I walk out to outside of the venue to get some air and this big, huge guy, like this guy had to be six foot something. Right. And he was like two, three hundred, like 300 pounds, almost like 285. Right. And just this big guy with, with like some chops on the side, shaved head, looked freaking scary. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, he's like, it was you. And I like, and he like, like puts his hand, like slaps me on the shoulder and I'm like, Oh crap. I'm the, and I'm this like, little guy like like i couldn't have been a buck 15 dude seriously like in the and and he's like you got me and you you were the one that did this to me and, he, and he's like rubbing his eye and he's got this big welt on his eye i'm like what the heck happened and 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 i i thought he was gonna like start pounding on me dude but actually he actually he's like no no it's it's fine it's it's fine it, it, you, we were in the middle of a pit it, it that's what happens it's it's that's what happens in there I was like, dude, I I was so scared. I thought you were gonna just start pounding on me just now. He's like, no, it's cool, and we became like really good friends, dude. And I would like stay at his at his place, and we'd hang out, and and it was it was we sparked a freaking friendship because I socked him in the eye in a pit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was pretty cool, man. But but it's <laughs> it's so funny how stuff happens. Like. It, that makes me think back to when I was in high school and I like my PE class and like I remember I don't know why but like we, we you know we have our PE class and we go back in wherever my locker was was by a couple of douchebags and like <laughs> I would just ignore them but like they would go and they would like uh, they would be like talking shit about me uh-huh. like they don't know me they, they literally don't know me but they're just yeah. sitting there trying to talk shit because they think they're cool and like day after day I'm just ignoring them ignoring oh, them ignoring yeah. them. And finally, one day they're like, why don't you do anything? I look at them. I was like, why are you even saying this stuff to me? Yeah. I don't you know, know you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't know you. Like, yeah. I like wh- what is this even about? Literally, they never said another thing to me after that. Yeah, dude. Like, just, just we, being honest and genuine goes me, so far. Me and you must have had like this freaking parallel like life, dude, because because <laughs> I had the same thing happen to me in high school because in high school I was like the skate punk. And then later towards, towards my, the later years of high school I went full on punk rock and I lived in a small town where you walk anywhere like 10, five, 10 miles in any direction, you're going to hit somebody's farm, you know? <laughs> so you got these big tall cowboys and, and they would always harass me. You know what I mean? And, and, and talk crap to me. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. You don't run in my circle. I've never seen you. Uh, you know, I, I don't know your name, but you're like harassing me, pushing me around, talking trash to me. And they did the same thing. They're like, they're like, why don't you, why don't you fight back? Why don't you do anything back? And I'm like, who are you? And, and at that moment they call kind of look at each other and it's like, oh crap. Like, why are we kind of this realization of like uh did he like just talk crap to us what should we do should we keep going (laughs) like we really don't know who this guy is and why are we kind of doing this but i'm just like come on like i don't know who you are you're just trying to talk crap just because of the way i look it's ridiculous 
You know yeah. what I mean? So like this podcast is about music, but this illustrates about how music is so much about the, the like the connectivity of people. Uh-huh. So in high school, when I started high school, so my first year of high school, my freshman year, I ended up being homeschooled through this high school I would go to for all but one semester. Okay. I was homeschooled through there because when I was supposed to be starting high school, we had moved from, uh, you know, the Antelope Valley a little bit. So we had moved from Rosemond to okay. Tehachapi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is north, you know, in the mountains. Yeah. They get snow. I live in Maine now. That's, you know, whatever. <laughs> you get tons of snow there, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I you wouldn't believe what's outside right now. Oh man, um, man, I, I, so mean, we, I, I always. The side note here: I always tell my wife, I'm like, man, I would love to be where Paul is right now. <laughs> you'd love to visit where I am right now. <laughs> so I know that's what everybody says, man. Dude, a little it, context. <laughs> so freshman year of high school, actually before, so between junior high and high school. So junior high, I went to a, a Christian school. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, private school. Yeah. Made a very good friend there. Knew him well through those two years. And then we moved to Tehachapi. So I'm supposed to start going to high school in Tehachapi. Uh, context. That was the year of the the home run. You know, uh, record breaking year between Mark McGuire, Sammy oh, Sosa. They both yeah record. Mark McGuire won it. Yeah, I remember. So that. that was that year. We uh, so the house we lived in that we were renting in Tehachapi awesome house like awesome backyard there was an apple tree um my mom was allergic to the house oh wow so because of mold uh so we uh we moved back from to hatchapi to lancaster back in the animal valley we actually lived in my uncle's apartment Mm. uh for some time so like between all that like my, my freshman year i was homeschooled my sophomore year, I started going to public school again after uh, I was homeschooled sixth grade, seventh and eighth grade in a private school, homeschooled ninth grade, where I did like a year and a half of school in a year because like that was not even me trying. And I went through a year and a half of classes because yeah. I was homeschooled and I could. Sophomore year, I go to the actual school. My very first class, my history class, and I'm sitting next to a girl who busts out a bottle of like vodka or some shit out of her backpack. <laughs> And oh, so for me, that's like culture shock. Like this girl has like yeah. hard alcohol backpack and I did not know how to handle that stuff, but right. whatever. <laughs> get used to it. So starting school then, you know, um, I was always advanced in some classes and math was always the case for that. So mm-hmm. this one girl that was in, like was always in the math classes I was in, uh, she did not like me. <laughs> that's funny. Absolutely did not like me. For no particular reason that I could tell, but mm-hmm. did not like me. And then our junior year, we were in whatever math. And that that was the year that half the year. So we had moved to Tucson. So this was the year of, uh, of trigonometry and pre-calculus. Okay. And I had to teach myself literally all of trigonometry because we moved to Tucson. Uh-huh. And Tucson schools were two weeks ahead of California schools, just like in calendar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it took me two weeks to get started going because we ended up moving again in Tucson. And that's got to be so right. So I, I was a month behind. I literally, literally missed learning sine, cosine, and tangent. 
Those are those are all foreign words yeah. to me, man. <laughs> all right. So all of trigonometry, I missed learning, and I had to teach myself trigonometry. Wow. So that's then, amazing. You know, we, all right, there, finish that's... up. I go back. Uh, I go back to California into. Uh, I think it's my junior year at that point. I, I, I don't know. I'm losing track of my own story, but whatever. Yeah. We go back to California, <laughs> and uh, you know, I go back to the same classes, people I know, whatever you know. But like, yeah. I never had like a lot of friends or anything. And this one girl, like, she just she just hated me. But we were in like the math classes together and the science classes together. And I st- I remember the exact day we were in physics together. Ask her to borrow a pencil. And uh-huh. one of the things I learned, and I learned this before this point, but I'd never seen it in practice until this, and then I've been completely sold on it. If uh, if you do not like somebody, you cannot do anything decent for them and still not like them. Yeah. So even something as simple as like, I'm going to let you borrow a pencil. If you indiscriminately do not like them for no reason, you can't maintain that at that point. Yeah. If you're going to yeah. do something that's just a decent human thing to do. So one day I didn't have a pencil. I asked her to borrow a pencil. And that changed from her hating me for God knows why. Wow. To we ended up becoming friends. And she was probably one of the better friends I had in high school. She made me a mixtape back when mixtapes were a thing. Uh, (laughs) We need to bring them back. (laughs) Anybody who does not like understand what mixtapes are, you will never understand what you missed out on. Like mixtapes are something that cannot be paralleled nowadays yeah we definitely need to bring them back man seriously like you know you listen to music on records like records are coming Uh back like records are back in a big way mixtapes like creating a tape on a a cassette like a freaking cassette tape where you can't just skip tracks around and you just have to listen to it the way that somebody (laughs) built it yeah there was so much thought and effort put into the order you put the tracks in and everything it meant a lot like it really did yeah. So, you know, this girl made me a mixtape of music. I made her a mixtape of music. And like we just we became friends. Uh, but like there there were some, you know, there was music on there that I I never would have been exposed to otherwise. One of the songs, yeah. the one song that I absolutely remember from those mixtapes was They Might Be Giants. Okay. They had a song that um wouldn't quite fit into with what you expect from They Might Be Giants, but it was basically like an Allen Ginsberg poem. Okay. I saw the best minds of my generation, uh, and now I'm gonna lose it from there. But um, you can Google it, figure it out because Google is amazing. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was just like it was so amazing that that um, like it started with just the simple act of humanity. Mm-hmm. I need a pencil. That's like the stupidest, smallest, yeah. simplest act. But you know, if somebody asks you to do something so simple, if you refuse them you're just absolutely a piece of crap, right? <laughs> like, there's no doubt about that, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you grant it to them, you cannot continue to have a bias against them the yeah. same way. Yeah. I, I think I completely understand that because there's been points in my life where, I, yeah, I had some very strong feelings toward people and, and I, and, and, there's been moments where they, they, yeah, they'll probably come back at me and combat me and all that stuff. But there's been moments where some kind of niceties were exchanged and, and back and forth. And then you definitely change your perspective of, of why was I even mad at him in the first place? Why was I being such a jerk in the first place? Um, I completely understand that. You know what I mean? It, and you, this might be a tangent for a different kind of podcast, but do, it, I definitely believe in that. And I think that that 
um, we could probably, you know, pair that, that kind of, uh, if you do something nice for somebody, why, why not? Hey, just make a mixtape for somebody that makes you upset and think, uh, you know, how awesome would that be to just, you know, receive something like that and have, and listen to the, the, uh, the words and the lyrics and kind of, um, you know, have this feeling of, Oh, this person put that thought into this. They thought about me while they were making this where before the only thoughts that they had about me was nothing but anger and animosity, you know, and it's completely flipped now. And I, I, I love that. Maybe we should make a mix mixtape. I should probably gather up all the guests that I had on this show and kind of like, Hey, throw me a couple of songs and we'll make a mixtape of our own or something. Release it yeah, it's something. something amazing when people make a legitimate mixtape out of something. Like, um, yeah. have you read um, Royal City by Jeff Lemire? Uh, no, I don't think I've read that one. So, comic series, fantastic. But he made uh, a mixtape, basically. Like, each comic, I believe, if I remember correctly, has the songs that kind of be associated with it. Or oh, maybe I think like, I heard portrayed. of that. You should absolutely check it out like jeff lemire is one of the writers that yeah he's i you just blanketly should read jeff lemire oh yeah but (laughs) um royal city you can go on spotify and actually find like the playlist of royal city songs it's nice it's great it really exposes you to something about their mentality that's cool and it exposes you to something totally different that you wouldn't get otherwise that's really Uh, cool yeah, like whenever somebody does that, like it's it's such an emotional investment to put the effort yeah. into like, hey, here's all these pieces that built into this. And yeah. You should check this out. Like it means it really does mean a lot. Like that's what's so lost. And like, you know, you watch TV shows or movies nowadays that they reference mixtapes. Yeah. And it's like something so silly and cheesy. <laughs> but it's not like it's there's a lot of thought going into it. It's something so meaningful. Like it, it was so much effort to go, yeah, play record <laughs> and copy over a song, you know, and like choose what you're gonna do. And then, like, did you write out the liner notes and write out the, you know, this artist, this song? Did you write any more comments in there? Yeah, yeah. There's so much detail that can go in there. It's ridiculous, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's it, like that's just such an indicator of how much people can overlook, like how much effort people put into caring about them. It, it's amazing that so many people are out there looking for a way like they, they feel lost. They're looking yeah. for a way to feel a connectivity and their way to feel connectivity is like scratch and claw at people until they get yeah. reactions, you know. And there's so many people that are just, they're not worth reacting with, but mm-hmm. um, with what I've dealt with, there are people that have been hugely supportive to me. Uh, you know Sparky. Like, he's the yeah. guy I podcast with. Like, he has more problems than, my, than I'm going to deal with with my kids. But, like, his su- support with what I've dealt with has been huge. And he, and uh, he's so, heard... he, and he is so freaking positive, dude. Like, and that's the thing. Yeah. And he's... No matter what you're dealing with, like, you don't have to... Be negative. You don't have to tear other people down or tear things yeah. down. Like he's, if you just focus on the positivity, like you can always focus on that. And know? and that doesn't mean that he doesn't see the other side of things. You know, he's so positive to the point where yeah, he sees the other side of of that as well. But he doesn't have to tear it down, like you said. Um, I I I completely agree. I agree. Um, 
I we've been gone going for quite a while. We got to probably cut this a little bit so we can get. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I I appreciate you coming on. This is awesome. I want to. I, I we can go all night talking talking about this stuff, man. One 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 last thing though. Um, do you who who is in your playlist right now? What 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 do you? If I were to say, hey, Paul. Give me five songs that is in your playlist, in your rotation right now. What would it be? All right, let's see. Oh, you're Let gonna pull, pull it out. My, uh, you're gonna pull it out. <laughs> gotta pull some Spotify here. That's what I've been listening to. Okay. All right. Um, it's always hard because I really always get in certain <laughs> veins. Yeah. But so just look at the first five that are right there as soon as you pull up what you were listening to last. So the first artist that pops up, and this literally, like, I was searching through artists tonight. Like, I go uh-huh. through periods where I'll search through and where I don't. Aesop Rock. Okay, nice. Aesop Rock, freaking fantastic. The yeah. best lyricism you will ever find. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he's and, dope, dude. Uh, the, the top song, like, so I'm on Spotify because I, I get premium Spotify through free through work. Nice. Uh, the first song that shows up is "None Shall Pass," but you should also check out like so. If you're gonna check out check out Aesop Rock, check out the Included, which is him yeah. with the folk singer whose name I forget, but she was the the folk singer that did like the songs for Juno. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, check he... out Hail Mary Mallon, which is him with another guy. Uh, fantastic stuff. But you should check out Aesop Rock, Hail Mary Mallon. That's cool. The Included. Check out all those things. Um, Buck 65 was the main thing I jumped into tonight. So Buck 65, like listening to him breaks my heart a little bit because he disappeared about four years ago. Oh, wow. And basically his last social media post was like, I'm a phony. And he disappeared. Whoa. I don't know all of what weighs into that. And the only time I've seen him be involved in anything since then was, um, a year or two ago. I think it was about a year ago. Ilias from Anticon passed away. He was in his fifties. He passed away from a heart attack, uh-huh. and like that broke my heart. I've been listening to him for years and years, and they had a benefit concert to raise money for his his widow and his kids. And he's he's from Maine, so that's one of the crazy things. Like I'm from California, uh-huh. and all these guys that I listened to that moved out to California to Oakland to like make music, they were from Maine. And Nova Scotia and like basically the same general area of the world, yeah. right? So um Elias was one of those. Buck sixty five, like he's from Nova Scotia, but he just disappeared off the face of the world a few years ago. Wow. When uh, he has a song called Phil that is the song that to me represents my relationship forming with my wife. And okay. I went to a concert that he did. And after the he performed, I went up to him and I like I told him I was like, you know, your song Phil, like that is like that's my song, you know, for 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 my wife. And you know, it, mm-hmm. it like he thanked me and meant a lot to him, whatever. Then a few years later, like he just disappears. Yeah. He just disappears off the face of the world. So like that's that's kind of a hard one where it's like I, I go back and yeah. listen to that music and like part of it is like I love the music, part of it is like I wish it, he was still there. And part of it is like, where the hell did you go? It's, you know, it's your fault. Kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, all right. So let me look through a little bit more. Um, Bonnie Prince Billy. Uh, so okay. looking through my, uh, my uh, searches here. Um, Broder Dieleman. 
which is the best time I'm going to hit that name. Um, <laughs> so I was uh, I was looking around in this record store and I found these uh, discounted EPs or uh, actually 45s, not EPs. Um, and this 45 was one side was Bonnie Prince Billy and the other side was this Broder Dielemann, who's this German folk artist. Okay. And they were performing each other's songs. So I, I got That's two cool. copies of it because it was 75% off. Nice. And I love Bonnie Prince Billy. So I sent one to Sparky. Oh, sweet. Um, and I have one for myself. Um, but yeah, Bonnie Prince Billy, fantastic. He did the hook on Sea Lions, the Sage Francis song. Okay. That was what introduced me to him. Um, yeah. He d- He's covered freaking Johnny Cash songs. That's cool. Um fantastic folk artist absolutely worth checking out um nice okay so how many have i said two three two, yeah i think three? that was three okay three so i'll name a couple more um so jumping around my search list here i'm gonna throw out uh de la soul who although nice their music is very hard to come by yeah because of tommy boy and the rights to their songs and sample clearance and stuff like that. But like you should absolutely find a way to listen to their first four albums. That sounds like that's Um, a running thing going on with Tommy boy. (laughs) Oh oh my gosh. Like, Oh my gosh. It's it's ridiculous. Like it, it literally makes me sick to think about this crap because De La Soul, their first four albums. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. My my favorite hip hop albums. Yeah. Um, stakes is high. Uh, uh, balloon mind state. That's their, their, the latter two of the four. De La Soul is mm-hmm. dead and three feet high and rising. That's the first two. Um, like you, you can't even find them now. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely crazy. Dude. Find them. It's the best. Like De La Soul, tribe called quest. Like just like tribe called quest. You can find De La yeah. Soul is hard like just yeah. just go out and find them though um oh man who did i want to say for the, the fifth one um tom waits i'm gonna say tom waits okay cool. i so my first little tom waits story years and years and years ago my cousin who is an actor he was doing these one uh one act plays okay and he just got like whoever to do it with him and so like i was doing it with him because i was just his friend you know and i was yeah. doing it and um, there's one other guy that was involved. He has the CD. It's uh, Beautiful Maladies. It's, it's like basically the greatest hits of Tom Waits from the Island years, the Island Records years of okay. his music. Tom Waits, though, is um, he is absolutely one of the greatest artists that just exists. Great songwriter. Like you've heard his songs covered by other people, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. You've probably heard his songs before. He's been... Uh, he acts. He's in movies and stuff. Like, have yeah. you seen the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Yeah, that on was a Netflix? good one. I lo- yeah, his, I think there. I think his performance in that in that whole anthology was freaking awesome. His was the best. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved it. Loved it. I absolutely <laughs> love Tom Waits. Like everything about him. Like, there's so much character in his performance. Yeah, and so much heart in his song. And uh, like I love Tom Waits, so <laughs> that's cool. So I guess like if I'm gonna say my my five, it is really hard with my five because uh-huh. like so much of my top five, I. So here's the thing with me, and this is the same thing with comics or anything else. Like I read a comic, I don't have to reread it. Yeah. Ever, if not for years and years at least. 
So I can listen to music and uh-huh. not have to hear it again for an immensely long time for it to be fresh to me again. Okay. So like to talk about like, you know, what's the most important things I've been listening to. I don't have to keep on reintegrating it because so many things yeah. are, are ingrained in my mind all the time. So I think that is a decent representation though. I, one more thing I want to throw out. Uh-huh. DNA, idea and abilities. Idea died uh, quite a few years ago of a drug overdose. Um, and I just, I came across their music again today. I love idea and abilities. I'm very sad that Mikey died. Um, and they did a lot in the three albums that they did. Um, and that's one more that I just want to throw out there. Sweet. I think that's a great list, man. There, there's a lot of good stuff in there, I think. All right, Paul, I appreciate you coming on and uh, sitting down and talking with me. I appreciate this. is This is cool, man. We got to we gotta find more time to do something like this. Yeah, definitely. It's good to do it. Like, I I haven't been podcasting very much. It's hard to find time to do it, certainly. But, <laughs> yeah. like, we just got to, like, crack a lack and find some time to do some stuff, you know? Heck yeah, man. All right, well, I appreciate you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, hope you guys are having a good uh, good time this year, man. Yeah, it's going good. I hope you guys are, too. <laughs> Yeah, it's been fun. It's going to it's gonna be a good one this year. All right, man, we'll see you later for the Music Memory Podcast. This is going to be Joey, and I am here with my good buddy, uh, Paul Tesner. Um, we'll see you guys later. Thanks. Thanks.